It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And hey, we're glad that you joined us. We have a lot of show to get to you. And I am very excited about it because this starts the beginning of our coverage of just some of the many, many, and I do mean it's a lot of them, very talented filmmakers uh, as we start our coverage of the 19th annual Holly Shorts Film Festival, and it will start on uh, August 10th all the way through the 19th or the 20th. I think it's pretty much it's over by the 20th. But anyway, it's a nice long festival. I love those nice long ones. Taking place in Los Angeles. If you'd like to attend, you're in the LA area, or maybe you're traveling just for the short Holly Shorts Film Festival, or if you want to see a lot of it virtually, you can find all of the information, get the tickets, the schedule, the exact screenings of everything. Go to their website, hollyshorts.com, hollyshorts.com, and there you will find everything that you need. You can purchase your tickets online, all of that, all of that. So as I said, this is the beginning of our coverage and I just wish we could have had every filmmaker that contacted us. But unfortunately, we are we just don't have that kind of manpower. But we're going to do our best. I think we selected some very good films. Uh, not that the others are not now, but uh, we just only could just do so many. So, okay. So that tells you about hollyshorts.com. Now, I want to tell you about our guest for this segment. One of the films that will be shown at the Holly Shorts uh, film festival is titled Content, the Lo-Fi Man. Yeah, yes, a lot of you might be familiar with this uh, film because it has done very well uh, in the film festival circuit here. It's uh, going to be screened at Holly Shorts as as the uh, part of the Midnight Madness block of film shorts. That's going to be Saturday, August 12th. At 11.59 p.m. Yeah, it's, it, you'll find out. I don't know what it is. It's something about 11.59 p.m. Very specific. Don't show up at, I mean, you can, but they're just really wanting you to be there at exactly 11.59 p.m. or before. Okay. And it, this film will be screened at the world-famous TCL Chinese Theater Number 1. That's where you can see it. So our guest for this show is Brian Lonano, and he is one of the directors and producers of this award-winning film short, along with Blake Myers. Blake couldn't join us, but Brian is here. And so again, the title of it is Content, The Lo-Fi Man, and it is an official selection at the 2023 Holly Shorts Film Festival. Now, what is this movie about? Well, let me tell you a little bit more about the track record. Uh, to this date, The Lo-Fi Man, as they call it for short, has been selected and screened at almost 20 film festivals 
not only in America, but also over in Japan, Portugal, Mexico, and Australia. Yes, absolutely. Content Lo-Fi Man has also won the Audience Award for Best Midnight Short at the Florida Film Festival. It won a special jury mention at the Atlanta Film Festival. And it won the Best Short Film at the Chattanooga Film Festival. So, yes, it is just just collecting awards as it goes along. And who knows what might win something at Holly Shorts. We'll find out and see. Now, this is kind of funny. The synopsis is this. Content the Lo-Fi Man, it starts out as like a documentary. And, and it's, it's like this cult film style to it. And then it kind of turns into a YouTube video. And then it kind of goes over into like this dystopian sci-fi adventure type movie. And then it goes into a body horror film with a lot of uh, martial arts battle finale you know, between this huge robot, can kind of like you remember how Godzilla and King Kong used to duke it out. Well, this is kind of sort of that's one of the scenes, but it's a lot of fun. The movie is a lot of fun. It really is, and it has that it has that that old school um, Japanese style, you know, like from the fifties, late fifties and sixties, where they just had the horrible sinking of the 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 bot the. Um, dialogue. <laughs> it's And we just love those films. Those old films, they're just so much fun. So this one kind of has that feel to it. So Brian will be telling us in this upcoming interview how he was inspired by a lot of those films from that era and just telling us all the details as to why he chose to write this film, direct this film, produce this film, and just how much and why he thinks it's such a popular film and has won so many great awards around the world. So I'm going to um, take a quick break. And when we come back, I'll be telling you more. No, I won't. I'll just take you straight. Okay, we're going to go director is looking at me funny. When we take a quick break, uh, we're going to come back and I'll be talking directly to Brian Lonano. And he is the one of the producers and directors and writers of the award-winning short content, The Lo-Fi Man, which will be screening this weekend at the 19th Annual Holly Shorts Film Festival in Los Angeles. And later in the show, we have some auditions that we're going to give you as well. So stay tuned. Take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And just as I promised, I have some auditions for you. I don't think I'll have time for all four of them, but let's just see what we got here. Okay, starting off, how many of you out there are fans of TLC's hit show, I Love a Mama's Boy? Love that show. I think it's so cute and funny. Well, guess what? If you are a fan of I Love a Mama's Boy, you might get the opportunity to appear on the show because they are holding a nationwide casting call and they're looking for people who love their mama's boy partner. Maybe that's your husband or your boyfriend or your significant other companion. So if you are involved with a man that can be described as a mama's boy, you're in luck because as I said, TLC is having an open casting call all over the nation. 
And if you're, you know, maybe you have a mama's boy, but it's it's really kind of frustrating your relationship there. We know how these mama's boys can be about their mom. Well, if you have the situation like that, and maybe you know someone who is married to or involved with a self-proclaimed mama's boy, good news for you. If you want to audition and try for it, there's a website. You can, this is a very short form, little application. It's nothing complicated. Go to www.magilla.tv slash casting. That's Magilla, M-A-G-I-L-L-A dot TV, the forward slash mark and casting. And there you will find the very simple to fill out application. It takes you probably two minutes at maybe of that much. So for all of you mama's boys out there, this is your shot to get on national television and tell the world about it. Okay, our next audition is this one. Perfect for Las Vegas. This production company, they are putting together a TV reality show. And this is from one of the big uh, production houses there. They're looking for stories of people who have won big money, who maybe you won it through the lottery, and maybe you wanted gambling here in Vegas or wherever, preferably here in Vegas. Well, they are looking for you. And again, this show will be streamed on a very major TV network. And they're searching for people to tell their personal stories about how they had big financial wins and also big financial losses from gambling or lottery. Yeah. So if you lost everything in a casino, you won it all, and then you turn around and lost it all. If that's you, they want to hear your story. Now, you will be paid for your participation. You'll be flown to Los Angeles to be interviewed if you are selected. And again, the series will be broadcast on a network around the world starting next year. And again, it's being produced by one of the major, very prestigious production companies. And I can't tell you who it is because I don't really know who it is. But anyway, this company has multiple hit uh, reality shows already airing. So again, if you think you can fit the uh, criteria that they're looking for. If you've lost or won, if you did both, you have to first win it, of course. If you won a big lottery or if you won a lot of money uh, here in Vegas or wherever you won a lot of money, and then you turned around and you lost it all, they want to hear your story. And so what you need to do is to send a detailed summary of your story. Hey, this is me. My name is Bob. I won a million dollars. I won 600,000, whatever you won. And then I turn around and lost it. Try to keep it to the point. Uh, so they need a summary of your story, a picture of yourself, and your contact information. And you need to send it to this email address, gamblingcasting at gmail.com. Pretty simple address, gamblingcasting at gmail.com. And you never know, you may get selected to share your wins and also your big loss as to how it all happened. And again, you'll be paid and flown to uh, LA, probably put you up at a nice hotel and you'll get to be on national television. So, okay. That is it for our auditions. We're running out of time. Remember, you can always email me, info at filmfestivalradio.com, and I can give you the information to send it straight to your email address. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with our first guest. 
Okay, I want to make a quick correction here. I Earlier in the intro, I said that we were only going to have one guest. We're going to have the uh, co-director and co-producer of the film content, The Lo-Fi Man. Not quite. I was wrong. We're also going to have the other half of the directing-producing duo, and that is fellow filmmaker, director, producer, Blake Myers. And he and Brian both will be chatting with me about their film content, The Lo-Fi Man, which is just racking up and cleaning up with all the awards. I mean, it has not found a film festival that it did not find a home as far as awards are concerned. And so let's switch it over and talk to the fellas here, Brian and Blake, the B&B guys, <laughs> about their really cool, fun film uh, content, The Lo-Fi Man. Once again, it is uh, screening at the 19th Annual Holly Shorts Film Festival it is uh, one of the Oscar qualifying film festivals, but this particular film will be seen at the Midnight Madness event that the festival is going to have on Saturday, August 12th. Make sure you're there at 11.59 p.m. at the TCL Chinese Theater, of course, there in Los Angeles. So let's bring the guys on and talk about their wonderful, funny, and kind of cultish film content the Lo-Fi Man. Let's bring him on. I have my next two guests on board for Film Festival Radio Show. They are some very talented filmmakers, and they are, their film, I should say, and them also, they are a part of the upcoming 19th Annual 2023 Holly Shorts Film Festival that will be taking place in Los Angeles. And by the way, this is also an Oscar qualifying festival. So if you want to attend, you're in the area, maybe you should just fly in. Go to the website hollyshorts.com and you can get all of the details. So, okay, let's get back to my guest here. I'm I'm about to start speaking to Blake Myers and Brian Lonano. Brian, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Perfectly. Thank oh, you. I've been practicing. So anyway, <laughs> uh, these two gentlemen have directed and produced their highly award-winning short film, Content, The Lo-Fi Man. And when I say award-winning, you guys have been cleaning up on the film festival circuit. Tell us about some of the many awards that this film has won. Well, uh, the first award we won was the Audience Award for Best Midnight Short at the Florida Film Festival, which is also an Oscar-qualifying uh, festival alongside Holly Short. Sadly, the Midnight Audience Award uh, is not one of those awards Oscar-qualifying. Um, we then won a special jury mention from the Atlanta Film Festival uh, for Best uh, Georgia Short Film. Um, and then we won the Best Short Award at the Chattanooga Film Festival in Tennessee. And then and a uh, we won. A, oh, I, I wanted to say that other than the lesser known award, the exciting most funny film from the Tokyo Horror Film Festival. Mm. Yes, that's right. So a total of four awards so far. Yeah, I was just noticing how the film has been screened at all of these 
international film festivals, Japan, Portugal, Mexico, Australia. My goodness. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Luckily, uh, luckily, our short films have a has appeal overseas. Like they play <laughs> well here in the United States, but we also get a lot of play in uh, Europe and some in South America, a couple of times in Asia, in uh, Japan and in Cambodia, like we've had films play in the past. So yeah, it's always fun to to uh, screen internationally. I wish I could attend, but my films tend to travel more than I do. <laughs> That's okay. And we were, we were really happy that our film got the premiere in Tokyo, in Japan, since the, uh, the namesake and the inspiration for our film is the Japanese film Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yes. Uh, yes. Our international premiere was at the Tokyo Horror Film Festival, and we couldn't be more excited about that to screen in Japan. I think it was our first uh, film ever, whether Blake directed one or I directed one or through our cast collaborations. I think it's the first time I've, we've ever had a film playing in Japan. And we've been working on that for a while. And yeah, for a mission accomplished here well now i understand this is not your first rodeo as far as having films at the holly shorts film festival tell us about that so uh this is our fourth time uh playing at the holly shorts film fest we played in 2016 with uh, a rather infamous short film called william and that's william but with a g at the <laughs> beginning so it's william and then uh, that was about the gob. It had a goblin in it, and it's a very crude, crass kind of midnight uh, WCF kind of short film. And it's then, also romantic. It's also a love story, exactly. Oh, uh, a love story between man and goblin. You know, a tale of oh, all the time. Oh dear. <laughs> and then uh, in 2018, we played our fantasy tokusatsu uh, kind of short film, which is again uh, paying homage to to a certain kind of genre from Japan called like magical fantasy and tokusatsu, which is like people in monster suits fighting each other. Think Power Rangers or Ultraman. And this one was about a magical fantasy team of girls and it was called BSS girls. And that played in 2018. And one of our actresses, Allison, uh, attended Holly short, uh, in, in, in that, in that year. And then we had a music video that I directed for the band Ruby Bones that Blake produced and did the production design for. That played in the 2020 festival, which was all done virtually. So I was able to attend the Q&As over Zoom. And then uh, once, once we got into this uh, edition of the festival with content, I felt it would be a good idea to attend since that had such a, a history with the festival. It'd be nice to meet the people who run it and thank them for programming our work over the years. And to also see it play at the TCL Chinese Theater, you know, this historic movie theater where so many premieres have been uh, held. So uh, I'm pretty excited to go out there and see the movie play. Oh, yeah. It's such a historical classic theater. Now, when uh, give us the dates as to when content The Lo-Fi Man will be uh, shown. So it's playing in the Midnight Madness program. And I'm telling people that it is Saturday, August 12th at 11.59 p.m. But it's basically playing at midnight the next day. But I try not to confuse people. I say, get there Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. That's when the movie's going to play. And I believe we are the first film in the block. Oh, wow. Okay, 59. Okay, 
right at 11.59, not 59.1, 11.59, people. Yeah. Okay. Not a second second later. Not a second later. Well, okay. You don't want want to miss the very beginning of our film. Oh, please don't. Don't. Exactly. (laughs) I I can attest to that. Well, now, we've been talking about... uh, the lo-fi man, content of the lo-fi man behind his back. So tell everybody who and what is content, the lo-fi man, the synopsis and everything, I think is quite hilarious, but tell us about it. Well, it, start, it starts out as a, as a documentary where I, Brian Lenano, a quote-unquote filmmaker, is talking about a beloved cult film from Japan called Tetsuo the Iron Man, and I get interrupted by this malevolent force and I'm replaced with this hip YouTuber, also called Brian Lenano. And, uh, but as he's talking about the movie, Tesla the Iron Man, every time he refers to it as a film, he gets electrocuted because, and conditioned to stop saying the word film and start using the word content. Because Blake and I have noticed that over the years, that people are starting to stop calling television shows and, and movies uh, what they are, and instead are calling them content, you know, and it's driving us nuts because it's more than just content. You know, people work hard to make these films and television shows. There's a lot of craft and art, and uh, they should be treated with uh, more respect instead of just sludge in a big bucket. Uh, it's called so, cinema. Yes, it's called <laughs> cinema, exactly. Yes. So our character, our new improved Brian Lenano, breaks free. He joins up with some guerrilla filmmakers from the underground, um, and uh, battle this content-seeking robot. He then has a metamorphosis where he transforms into the lo-fi man uh, once he remembers his love of cinema and his love of uh, the movie Tesla the Iron Man. And then it becomes a body horror film, and then it ends in this giant monster battle, kind of like a Godzilla movie. Oh, that's what I immediately thought about when I saw the battle scene between the two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there in the beginning of it, there's this scene and that sign on the back wall says, be content with content. What are you eating in that bowl, that slimy? What are you, ooh, what was that? The content was made from corn syrup, black food coloring, and grits. Oh, no. So nothing, totally edible, but nothing you really want to eat. <laughs> And, um, yeah, we, me and Brian talked for a while about what would content actually be as a physical form? Like, has to be something gross, just unedible, disgusting looking. And, um, fun thing about the pipe when it comes out, the first time we've got that scene, that entire pipe fell apart and content just splattered all over the place. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we were able to flatten it back together real quick and get the shot, the shot of the content coming from the pipe is one of our favorites. It, it really and, is. <laughs> another uh, another fun detail that we put into that scene was there's a there's a sort of a framed sign that says this content is made from 100% recycled content because that's <laughs> how we also feel about how a lot of movies and TV shows are made nowadays. It's all just recycled, rebooted materials. Um, and it then is. just to go back to the, to the sign, the, the other sign, it was sort of a play on words where we were saying with that slogan, be content with content. In other words, don't, don't strive to, you know, uh, enjoy anything 
you know, cinematic or artistic. Just be content with the floods that you're being fed. Oh, there's a po- different portions of the film where I was kind of feeling a little sorry for the content makers. It was kind of like the invasion of the body snatchers or something. Yeah, you know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh god, poor content makers. Which the um. You know, the, the three filmmakers who get attacked by the robot, you know, the the things that happened to them were were very, like, specific. You know, you know, one of them, like, lost their soul and got turned into content. You know, <laughs> they got their soul sucked out by the robot and it turned into that disgusting case that Blake made. And then another one literally lost their head from the stress yes. of pitching ideas and things like that. And then another, you know one of the lost uh, an arm because making these things cost an arm and a leg. So. <laughs> but was able to use that arm later to create more content. Right. Yes. Yeah, so using their arm as a selfie stick. Exactly. Well, okay. Speaking of the robot, where did you guys get? Oh, okay. First of all, who was wearing the robot suit? Just remind me, had that lost in space robot vibe to it. So who, who had that job? So, um, the robot, suit was worn by two guys, uh, mostly Patrick Carmody, and uh, the other guy was Brian Dempsey. He did it on the reshoots. Um, I called up Patrick because Patrick was already like six feet or six and a half feet tall. He's one of the tallest dudes I know. And I was like, you want to come work on a movie with us? He's like, I don't know, know, man. I'm kind of busy. I don't really have much to do. I was like, do you want to be a giant robot that kills people in a movie? He's like, oh, yes, I'll I'll cancel what I'm doing. I'd love to do that. And um, he was really great and really helpful. And I put together that robot costume, all these various pieces and parts and things that I found at thrift stores, um, places, just gluing and screwing and packing things together. But um, once it was all put together, I think it was almost eight and a half feet tall, nine feet tall, yeah. somewhere in there. And um, and the tortoise yeah, cover. Yeah, elevated shoes, right, Blake? Tell about the. Oh yeah, I built them. I built them giant stack platform like. Uh, plexiglass boots oh goodness and um they were it was it was like it was kind of dangerous so i mean on a hot georgia summer shooting outside with that guy in the robot costume i was like making sure there's water pumped in there to him at all times and um it was it was another job on a whole other level taking care of him and the lo-fi man to make sure the the robot and the lo-fi man were safe during a hot shoot so how do you yeah, thankfully nobody passed out Thank Nobody God. passed out. Everybody was hydrated. Yeah, and it was safety is safety is a very important thing on our film sets, you know, because we, we of course we do extreme things like have robots and show monsters fight each other, <laughs> and we want to make sure that everybody feels uh, safe and we're not doing anything that's going to put anybody in danger. So, how do you get into this robot suit? Is there a, a hidden zipper that we couldn't see, or Velcro, oh, or I love it. duct tape, or what is well, it? He had some pants that he would pull up, and he he put the boots on first, and then these pants that would go on that had all these wires all over them. Mm. Then um, we would lower the top half of them onto him, and there was a backpack built inside of it. That was kind of like a hiking backpack with a uh, a rack on it. Mm. And so his face is actually looking out of where the chest of the robot is, like right above where the contest window is. Mm. And so way up, there's nothing over that part. Like where the robot's actual face is, there's no people in there. Okay, okay. It looks very authentic and just, you know, it has that that 
feel to it of the, what was that era, the late 60s, 50s of the, the bad Japanese movies that the sync never got into, the uh, dialogue sync never got into sync. It has that that cool feel to it like that. You know, me and Brian talked for a little bit about um, like 1950s, 1960s Mexican <laughs> sci-fi cinema. <laughs> yes. And there's a lot of like really cool robots and also, you know, Lost in Space and even, um, right, I can't remember robot. the robot. Yeah, yeah the robot, but also yep. uh, the robot from Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. Yes. So just old, junky, silly robots. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's a, I have a passion of me and Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blake and I are cut from the same cloth. We like the same kinds of, like, aesthetics in films. We, we like to embrace, like, artificiality. Like, we know it's not going to be, like, an endoskeleton from Terminator, but we like our big, clunky robots, and we want... It's to embrace that, you know, we make films that are fun and we have a lot of puppets and miniatures and things like that that we use in our films uh, over the years. And we just like that kind of uh, lo-fi aesthetic, you know, uh, handmade, you know, we're really into handmade uh, underground type of film. Well, I tell you, Mystery Science Theater 3000 would love this movie. I just know they would. That's what's up. <laughs> well, I hope they wouldn't risk it too bad. Oh, no. I think they would love it. In, I'd, in I'd be honored. Yeah, that's true. I would love to get ripped with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, they're just, I used to play my whole day around that show. <laughs> I just love it. Still love it so much. I wish yeah, it would come back. Right on. When it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, that was like my Saturday night mm-hmm. tradition. On at five o'clock, and then we'd have dinner, and then we watched Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, it was like a very sci-fi Saturday with my family growing up. Well, how did <laughs> the two of you meet uh, and start working together as filmmakers? Well, uh, Brian, I moved down to Atlanta from New York about ten years ago in 2012. But Blake and I had met in 2008 because I had a another killer robot movie called Attackazoid that screened at a festival in Atlanta, and that's where I met Blake. And we kept in touch, and I let him know that I was moving down. And, uh, you know, I think it was in 2013, yes, like 10 years ago, like we actually started working together on stuff. I think the first movie we made, to, well, I was helping you out with um, That's Really Conquers the Martian, uh, right? Um, yep, That's Really Conquers the Martian. And then uh, we uh, collaborated on a trailer for a festival that Blake used to run called the Very Delight Film Festival. I used to make like film trailers advertising the film festivals. And then we worked on our first short, which was called Welcome to Dignity Pastures for a, for a film competition that tied in with the ABCs of death. And that from there, you know, I think we've collaborated like seven or eight times now. You know, uh, Content of Lo-Fi Man is my eight, uh, 18th or 17th short film that I've made in my whole career. Um, and Blake has been such a amazing, resourceful, patient uh, collaborator, you know, um, and uh, he's always produced and production designed my, my work. And it was on this one, you know, cause he was helping out with the storyboards. And I asked him like, you know, you, you, you're, you're helping so much. You want to co-direct this with me. And, I'm very grateful that he did because of all the films we've made, this one was an extreme undertaking. I mean, it was two years in the making, like a year of preparation and then a year of shooting on and off and doing post-production and and ADR and Foley and all that stuff. Like the movie took two years for us to complete from from idea to completion. And uh, it was, 
I was very grateful to everybody who worked on the film, but I was very grateful for Blake's resourcefulness to make the, the robot and then also to help co-direct because, you know, when you're working on a movie like this with so many moving pieces, it helps to have, like, people, you know, watching your back and helping you out if, if, you're, if you're busy doing something else. You know, being a director is a lot of, you have to know the answers for a lot of questions. And it was good if he had the answers and if, in case I didn't invite Teresa. You got to add, uh, add anything, Blake? <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, it's like it's been... I've been making movies in Atlanta since 1997, 98. But um, the scene in Atlanta for filmmaking has really blown up in the past 15 years yes. with the Georgia Tech credit and all these uh, movies being made in Atlanta. It's changed the dynamic so much. And there's been so many people who've like come to the city and become Atlanta filmmakers. And when I met Brian so many years ago, we, we headed off. It was a good time. But then he said he's coming to Atlanta and he wanted to make movies. You know, it's just so great to have new blood in the water mm-hmm. to play with, to hang out with, to, you know, vibe on ideas with. And so it was always great to have Brian, like, come to Atlanta and be a new, a new force in the Atlanta film scene. And <clears throat> as, as Brian said, we've just had a great time making movies together. But I was so, uh, I was honored that he asked me to help him direct this one because there were so many fun, crazy moving parts. And it was uh, a great time to be able to, you know, put your finger right on a few of the uh, ideas that we were trying to express in this film. And also through all those years, like Brian said, the crew, everyone who helps us has been making movies with me for like 15, 20 years. And we, I mean, Brian brought some of his friends from New York to come down and work on the film too. And we've also brought new people in. And that's you know, what I love about filmmaking is collaborating with old friends, but also making new ones along the way. That's so nice to hear that you guys have been working together that long. So, okay, what is next for content, The Lo-Fi Man? Is there going to be a feature one day? All of this success is having on the film festival circuit, or or what happens next? Well, um, you know, we're still waiting to hear from a number of film festivals. Uh, We do have screenings coming up in Portugal, Australia, Mexico, and uh, a few in the United States. Uh, including Genre Blast, which is in Virginia. And um, I'm not sure what's next. Um, nope. Brian, uh, I've been meaning to float to you the idea of a content, the Lo Fi Man VR immersive uh, theme park ride. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh it's funny because I was thinking about Lo Fi Man fighting AI Man. No, that's, well, that's a good one. Do. That's a good one. <laughs> Because right you now, another Taiji uh, kind of battle scene with uh, with an AI man, and he has yeah. like six fingers, you know. Yeah, because so really, that's what's next is right here. Here's the brainstorming session. <laughs> the brainstorming session, because right now AI is kind of a lot of people are not feeling AI. I am however though. I'm feeling AI. A lot of people are not, so that might be a good concept. Just might. Yeah, it's, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic, exactly. And I thought, I thought, like us tackling the word content, and you know, the uh, the the the, the name, the, the use of the word creative and content creators and stuff like that. I thought that was like we were hitting something with that. But yeah, I mean, AI can be this whole other thing. I mean, it sounds like an interesting tool, you know, to use. But like any tool, you don't want it to fall into the so to speak wrong hands. Yeah, you know, and it, it can be used for. Uh, um, 
for bad. And by bad, I don't mean like Skynet taking over. I just mean like, you know, some people like, there are not going to be as many jobs, but the same kind of debate that's been happening since, you know, uh, talkies replacing silent films Mm -hmm. and television replacing movies and, and digital replacing films. You know, it's just a new thing that's coming into play. And, you know, we just have to see where what happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, at the we'll moment, if we survive. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. At the moment, I'm not working because of the double strike. So I, I could have time to brainstorm, um, you know, whatever we're going to tackle next. But unfortunately, I'm not the type of person, I, I like to have a job <laughs> yes. when I'm working on something. So I don't have to worry about where my next job is. But Blake is working on something, uh, I think, right now. He's, he's employed right now, but... I'm, I'm pseudo-employed. I'm not working in the film industry like I usually do, but I'm pseudo-employed at the moment. Okay. But yeah, we're all we're all feeling the feeling the strike right now. But hopefully, they can come to some uh, terms and we can get back to work here. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, now, does Content the Lo-Fi Man have its own uh, website and social media pages, or what? So uh, you can follow. Um, me on Instagram and Twitter. You can just search for my name, Brian Lanano. I think uh, Blake is a little more difficult to find. You, yours is, your Instagram handle is, is what? Bobby Snowshoes. Bobby Snowshoes. <laughs> and then I have a website. I have a website, brianlanano.com, and uh, you can see a lot of my past work on there, and you can catch the trailer for content below by man, as well as festivals that it's playing at. But really, my uh, social media is where you'll find out, like, where it's going to play next, uh, including, like, Showtime links to where you get tickets and things like that. So um, that's probably the best place to find. Um, but but we've got lots of work on YouTube. I believe Blake's films are all on YouTube. Most of my films yep. are available on YouTube, but they're also available on uh, the Arrow player, which is kind of like the Criterion uh, channel, um, but it's for cult movies. And uh, genre genre film, it's very similar to the Criterion Channel, but it's called Arrow, okay. and it's uh, got all my stuff on there. Okay, uh, Blake, we got to roll back fifteen seconds. Bobby Snowshoes. Um, that's my yeah. That's my gaming name as well. Oh, is there a story behind that? No. 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 <laughs> it's dumb. That's no all story. It is. I just think it's funny. It is. <laughs> I, I've never really. Kept up with it, just happened, and that's what stuck with it. It's very funny now to know that there is no story behind the name makes it even funnier. Bobby, that's all I have. That's all I have always enjoyed about it. Bobby snowshoes. Okay, all right. Well, gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> the film again is a fun film. Content: The Lo-Fi Man, uh, screening at the upcoming 19th annual Holly Shorts Film Festival in Los Angeles. And guys, tell everybody one more time, your big night will be when? Saturday, August 12th at 11.59 p.m. at the Chinese Theater Auditorium 1, Midnight Madness Shorts Program. 11.59, folks. 59. Okay? Don't call me. Don't write me if you show up at 12.01. 59. Okay? Got it. Well, I have 
going, I am, I, I'm from the South. I happen to love grits, but now that I know <laughs> what was in the slimy bowl, you guys just ruined a perfectly good bowl of grits. But for the sake of, con no, 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 bad word, not content. For the sake of filmmaking, I think it was all worth it. I really do. Oh, just, just to I let worry. you know, just let you know. Well, guys, thank you for the chat. And thank you so much for giving us some backstory and the making, especially the robot stuff, about uh, content the lo-fi man. I, I know this is going to be, hey, are you guys going to do anything? Well, it's, I mean, it's a little early. But what about for Halloween? Do you ever do Halloween stuff behind, um, focused around this film or what? I'm sorry. Um, I think we finished the film last October, so we didn't do anything last time. But I don't know. Like we, we still probably have some of the costumes left. But I don't know if anybody's going to go out there dressing up like, uh, you know, the the filmmakers, or uh, you know, when uh, new and improved Brian is like a, a cyberpunk or something. Oh, it would be so much I, I, de I, de I decorate the I decorate the hell out of the house every year. And um, this year there will be a bloody robot um, clamp arm on the porch. <laughs> I, there's usually a, a just a part of my porch that's dedicated to our film. And William always sits on my porch. He's probably oh, the scariest thing in my yard. Oh gosh, and, William! Uh, and Crow hands on my porch as well. He's scary. Well, now but you've I got, got to add. There'll be, there'll be a piece or two. Yeah, you got to add the robot suit for to the family on the porch. You just gotta. There's not an. Not, to be honest with you, there was not enough room left in my home to keep the robot costume. No. I've kept his arm. Oh. The other thing is the robot's not around anymore because we, we melted him for the movie. Oh, that's right. Okay. He, uh, we actually we actually destroyed it, but I'm glad he kept the arm. That is a pretty sweet arm. Like, but yeah, his, his uh, head and torso were... Uh, we're destroyed for the love of uh, filmmaking. The love of filmmaking. Well, they'll they'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get it. They'll get it. They'll get it later. At least it that was one of that was one of our favorites. That oh, was yeah. a good day. Yeah, we we originally we originally got rained out, so we had to reschedule it. But then we got on beautiful weather. We shot outside with like a green backdrop, and then like just loaded it up with like fireworks and like. <laughs> flammable slime and stuff. Goodness. Right? Yeah, I loaded up with fireworks, um, Roman candles, and um, flammable toothpaste. Like it's like fire Ooh. gel. Yeah, wow. yeah, and then and then we filmed it. And uh, when it's in the when it's in the film, we uh, set it up so it looks like he's melting like a lot faster when the. Oh God! Flammable toothpaste. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Makes me want to floss even more. Okay. Well, in closing statements, I will say, never give up the fight for cinema. Where did I get that from? Hmm. Right on, right on. <laughs> Guys, you have been so much fun. Thank you for the chat. And even more so, thank you for content, the lo-fi man. And so I would love to continue following you. I'm going to follow you, both of you. And uh, next next film, you know, come on back and we'll share some more details about your next film. That would be great. Thank, thank you. Thank so you much. so much for the opportunity. Okay, great. Well, have fun. Uh, August 12th, 11.59 p.m. Have fun. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care then. Bye-bye.
Okay, thank you, gentlemen. I told you, Content Lo-Fi Man, is, this is a fun film. It really is a lot of fun. And uh, again, thank you to Brian and Blake. These gentlemen are the directors and producers of the award-winning film short content, The Lo-Fi Man. And don't forget, we're stressing 11.59 p.m. Saturday, August 12th, TCL Chinese Theater, number one. Uh, during the Midnight Madness block, and you can see Content Lo-Fi Man. I don't know. Is the robot going to show up? Well, they well they kind of explain about the robot. You got to see the movie because we keep talking about the robot, and you'll you'll see what we're talking about. But you know what? I can see this film being a definite cult favorite, you know, from that late 50s, early 60s, whatever. That uh, We weren't born then. But, you know, we love those. We love those movies that have the bad... Uh, syncing, you know, dialogue sync, whatever it's called. It, it's just fun. And, and you can see how it inspired our filmmakers there. But anyway, thank you to both of them, Brian Lonano and uh, Blake Myers for joining us and giving us some backstory about the making of content, the lo-fi man. And hey, make sure that you check out those auditions. Hey, we, we work hard to get those auditions for you guys because you love them. And you can always email me info at filmfestivalradio.com. So we are out of time and we will see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Have a great evening or weekend or morning or leap year, whatever time of day or night it is in your life in whatever part of the world, because we are heard of, gosh, around the world. So anyway, we'll see you next show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. Mm-hmm.